The circular economy is a different way of thinking about how we produce and consume, using resources more efficiently. What exactly is the circular economy and how can it make a massive contribution to saving our natural assets, minimizing waste and pollution, and tackling global challenges such as climate change and biodiversity loss? That's what we're going to find out. Hello. I'm Nikki Chadwick. In this episode, we're going to look at the role of the forest sector in the transition to such a system. Wood-based products and production residues can be used, reused, recycled and biodegraded. This way of working is well embedded in the forest sector production processes and can now be used in other value chains. It can help transform strategic sectors, such as construction, textiles or packaging industries, towards a more circular system with a reduced environmental footprint. Joining me is Lotta Lero, the CEO of Sodra, a forest industry group in southern Sweden that creates products and services for a global market. Lovely to talk to you, Lotta. Can you tell me how Sodra works? Absolutely. And, and thank you for having me. So Södra was created um, about 70 years ago as a forest owners association. Today we have uh, 52,000 uh, families in uh, southern Sweden, both owning uh, the company and the industries we have, but also supplying the raw material uh, for our industries. And uh, we produce market pulp for paper uh, production of different types, uh, sawn timber, and a lot of energy. And our customers are across Europe and uh, across the globe. And how do you integrate sustainable development into everything that you do? For us, it is really at the heart of who we are and at the heart of our, our strategy. And, and uh, the whole, the whole transition that society is, is doing right now really puts uh, the forest in, in the middle of everything. And, and the way I see it, uh, the forests and what they can, can do for us, it's, it's really a trinity of, of purposes. One is uh, the role as, uh, of course, a coal sink, binding, almost being like the lungs of the planet, right? The second thing as a, as a unique source of biodiversity. And, and the third one is that uh, the raw material that comes out of the forest can be used for so many different things. And in particular, replacing uh, fossil-based materials, um, both in different um, types of, of packaging, uh, energy, building materials, and so on. And it's all of these three purposes that I think we need to balance in how we use the forest. When we do that in the right way, we really contribute to a more sustainable future. It's quite difficult balancing the benefits of forests for ecosystems, for the climate, for societies, as you've said, against economics. Actually, I think given where, where the world is moving right now, where sort of uh, business value and sustainability is really coming together, I think, I think th these two objectives have, they have never been more, uh, more connected. 
And um, if I if I take a very concrete example, as uh, as you mentioned in the beginning, we are we are an industrial group, and but we're also a, a forest owners association, meaning that we we control basically the whole value chain from raw material to to final product, and uh, and that means that. Um, if we take too much uh, out of the forest at a certain point, uh, we might have a surplus and be able to grow the industry at that point. But then later on in time, we will not have enough materials and then our industries will suffer and not have enough raw materials. So, so we have really sort of an interest in making sure that we at all times stay at balance. And this is good from a, from a sustainability perspective, but it's also the right thing to do from a profitability perspective for our owners in the long run. And this is just one example of where I believe that sustainability and long-term profitability really is coming together. So how would you connect this with the circular economy and how do you explain to your members, to people who are buying your products, how the circular economy really works and how it can be of such a great benefit? Since uh, the raw material, the green... um coal uh, molecule that we have in in the forest or the cellulosa fiber, it can play so many roles uh, in the transition from a fossil-based economy into a uh, bio uh, economy and a circular economy. It's really important that we use that fiber, that raw material in the smartest possible way. And um, one of the products we produce is, um, is pulp for the textile industry. And the textile industry today is it's about um, 100 million tons of production per year. And only like 1% of that is using recycled materials. So what we decided was that we wanted to see, could we uh, produce a, a dissolving pulp, uh, which is sort of the pulp that is used for textiles, that is uh, a mix of virgin fibers from the woods and recycled fibers, basically Uh, old sheets or towels or clothes that have been used. And we develop a technology where it's possible to actually mix these two sources. And that means that we can contribute to a textile industry where actually more of the raw material is, is recycled. And, and this is just uh, one example, I think, of, of how circularity is, is key in making sure that as the, the middle class across the globe grows, as more countries develop, uh, there will be more textile needed. And we can't continue to increase linearly the um, consumption of virgin materials. We need to use more recycled uh, uh, material. And this is one example of that. That's a fabulous example of how forests can contribute so much to the wider economic system. Do you find that people generally don't think that forests have so much to offer? I think that many see uh, the forests as uh, critical for solving the climate challenge, but also for preserving and developing biodiversity. 
I think the, the discussion is many times among how to balance this trinity of objectives that I talked about initially. So how to balance the role of the forest as a coal sink, to use the fiber to replace fossil materials and to develop biodiversity. And I was this morning myself actually visiting uh, one of our members where a, um, a final felling was taking place. We have now developed a, a tool where um, the driver of the harvester also registers nature conservation that takes place. For example, if a, um, a high stump is left in the felling in order to make sure that insects have somewhere to live. And we put the little dot on the map to say, here is a high stump that we have left in order to make sure that uh, certain insects have somewhere to live. And this is an example of how we can balance the interest of making sure that biodiversity is there because it's so important. And at the same time that we can produce raw materials from the forest in order to use that for building more in wood or having more bioenergy. So I think it's all about finding the balance between these different objectives. And, and that is where I feel that most of the discussion is. Do you find that attitudes are shifting so that people who are, whatever it is that they're considering buying, whatever they're going to consume, they want it to have benefits for biodiversity. They want to know the story behind it. It's not just buying something because we have a need. It's actually wanting to know that what they are buying is sustainable, has a positive impact. Definitely. I actually myself worked in the retail before joining Södra. And, and one of the things that were very apparent uh, when living in that uh, industry was that it's quite difficult to be a consumer these days in making the right choices. And, and I think that uh, we as uh, producers of raw materials, together with consumer brands, have a big responsibility in finding standards for communicating what is a sustainable choice, what is a circular choice, so that consumers can make, um, can make objective and, and well-educated choices. Because today I think that a lot of this takes place with marketing purposes, but I, I think we have a big responsibility in making sure that the more objective standard comes into place that makes it easier for consumers to support the movement towards a more sustainable and circular economy. You say that there seems to be a great deal of support from the general public, from consumers. What's it like from the business community? I think there is, uh, it's sort of connected, right? Because uh, consumers are putting pressure on, on all businesses uh, today, which I think is such a good thing. That's how we should act as, uh, as consumers and people to make sure that, that the right things are happening. So, so the demands that we hear today from the public and from consumer very much translates into business in general and, and onto sort of requirements back in the value chain. And, and in my mind, that's exactly how it should work. And do you think that regulations can help with what you're trying to achieve, both for consumers and for producers? Yeah, I, I think uh, if we take the example of, of the circularity in the textile area again, I think it's really important that both uh, legislative uh, um, uh, actors, uh, producers and consumers join forces 
And, 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 and ex another example would be that one of the main bottlenecks of, of having a more circular textile industry is to have the infrastructure for collecting and sorting textiles that would allow us to use that as, um, as raw material once again, so to say, or once more. And, and I think there, uh, both legislators, but also other um, um, uh, producers and, and uh, even retail brands could play a part in making sure that that, uh, that infrastructure came into place because that's what we need in order to be able to use uh, textiles once more. Do you think that enthusiasm, know-how, innovation is enough for a business who wants to be involved in, in forestry products, who wants to have a sustainable business, is the enthusiasm, the support enough for them to actually make it as a good economic project? I think so. And, and I think it's very much about also uh, wanting to take leadership in this question uh, and seeing the clear connection and recognizing the clear connection between long-term profitability and sustainability. Uh, we have, for example, set a very clear target for ourselves in, in wanting to be part of leading this transformation. And that is, of course, because it's, it's right from a society point of view. We are part of the society, but it's also because we believe that there will be going forward more and more customer and consumer demand coming from products being manufactured from raw materials that come from sustainably ma managed forests. So again, I think seeing the connection and recognizing the connection between sustainability and profitability is, is what we as leaders of businesses need to do as well. And then we will do the right thing. And what are you developing at the moment? Well, we have set a very clear uh, innovation direction. And, and the principle behind it is that we want the products we develop now and innovate now to be the most sustainable choice in a certain function in the market. And if I take a very concrete example, one of our recent uh, innovations that we have also put into more industrial scale is that we are producing uh, biomethanol in one of our pulp plants in southern Sweden. And that is used as uh, fuel for big transportation ships. And it's clearly uh, the most sustainable choice for doing that right now. And we wouldn't have developed that unless it fulfilled the criteria of being the most sustainable choice. And again, this is good for society, but also from a profitability perspective, I believe that in the future, these are the demands that, that we as consumers and as a society will have on the products we buy. And thereby, it's a way to secure that we are long-term uh, competitive. Do you think then that it's consumers who are pushing the way that you innovate within the business? It's them that are actually saying, we really need to get behind this. Sustainability, the circular economy is the only way forward and it's the only thing that we'll support. I think it's a combination of consumers, legislative powers, but I think it's also about leadership uh, from all of us leading different businesses, different organizations to make sure that this movement happens. 
we are at a tipping point in time where we all need to be behind it. So, and, and as I said, I think we need to support consumers with having the right decision-making materials to make the right choices also, because today it's not easy as a consumer to separate one piece of information from another. And I think standardizing information and data in what the sustainable choice is, so what the circular choice is, could really help more consumers engaging uh, in this movement. What kind of barriers do you face in trying to achieve that? Today, since uh, I think everyone is experiencing that sustainability and profitability is coming together it's also becoming an important part of how you communicate the benefits of your products. And I, I could see a dilemma that, that everyone will want to use this as a sort of a company-specific or a brand-specific selling point uh, for a certain raw material or product rather than contributing into sort of a standard. That's a fabulous idea. And how do you think the model that you have, that you have developed there in Sweden, how do you think that will be used as a model for other businesses around the world? I really hope that uh, the idea of uh, using uh, virgin raw material in as efficiently as ever po possible. So uh, th the trees that I helped uh, bring down today in the forest, how can we make as much uh, as possible out of them? And one way of doing that is to make sure that we mix it with materials that has been recycled. And, and I think that that is sort of a principle that we have to apply in as many industries and areas as um, as ever possible, because then we will have be able to create more value out of the same raw material base and at the same time also um, enable people to, to have access to the benefits of, of those products. Lotta, can you tell me how your expert knowledge of the forestry industry and sustainability has impacted on your personal life, the way that you consume, the way that you buy products? Well, I'm a mother of um, two young uh, women, uh, one 11-year-old and one 15-year-old. And of course, the, the youngest one has inherited a lot of uh, clothing and other things uh, from, uh, from her elderly sister. And, uh, and now we're coming to a point where the 11-year-old is leaving a lot of stuff uh, behind. I don't think I've ever been more passionate about recycling clothing, used uh, textiles than I am today. Seeing uh, the value that it can bring into to new products, really making the effort of, of recycling, sorting it in a, in a correct way. I think that's such a simple way to contribute to, to a better society. And I try to talk to people about it, not in a way to sort of um, sort of advocate in a, in a marketing way, but just naturally explaining that when we take a tree out of the forest, we actually put three plants back into the forest in order to make sure that it grows again. And this is the reason why we have more forests today in Sweden than we have 100 years ago. Fabulous. Can you tell me if with attitudes have shifted both for business and for consumers, how do you see things moving, say in the next five to 10 years, just in terms of attitude towards sustainability? 
I again coming back to my daughters and and seeing um, the education that they get when going to school in this area, what they are taught when it comes to different sources of energy, different materials, uh, and and how how they get to see in reality how different materials behave. They are so much more conscious when it comes to sustainability than than I was at that age. So they have completely different uh, preconditions uh, than I had in contributing to this movement. And I think we will see a generation growing up now that will fill us um, as, uh, as adults and older generations with, with energy, but also demands in making sure that this really becomes uh, reality now. So I think for the coming five to 10 years, we will see this moving movement uh, exponentially increasing. The circular economy is making a small but very significant contribution. Do you feel optimistic that if governments, if businesses, if consumers embrace it more, that there could be a massive shift? I'm very optimistic. If I if I look at today, the calls I'm getting from other industries that we have never done business with uh, wanting to use the, the forest as a source for future solutions to their, their climate issues, it, it's at a completely different level than just a year ago. So I think that there is uh, so much knowledge growing uh, among people of the potential of using the forest as a source for sustainable uh, raw material. So, so that is one part of it. The second is what I mentioned a couple of times that I see sustainability and profitability moving so closely together. And that is a good thing because that means that there will be a lot of capital as well flowing this way. And, and that means that we will have a sort of um, um, an injection coming from, from uh, that angle as well. And then I think that consumers and people, our children, are increasingly knowledgeable about this as well. So I'm very optimistic. Lotta, final question. Are you going to be celebrating International Forest Day in any way? Any special parties over there? Absolutely. It's, of course, uh, one of uh, 365 days where we put uh, sustainable forest management on the top of our agenda. Thank you very much indeed. Thank you. With me now is Florian Steyerer from UNECE and the FAO's Forestry and Timber Section. Thank you for joining us, Florian. Lotta outlined a very interesting business model. What does circularity in the forest sector mean to you? Thank you, Nikki, and thank you for having me here as well. Lotta explained in her business model that they're a kind of forest owner association with the industry, and that is a very rare case. So very often the industries are disconnected and um, there's various actors on the market. And we from the UN in Geneva, we try to bring them all together and to see that all the flows and all the material and all the industries work together properly. So kind of we are replicating what a forest owner association like a lot of us would do with the industries. We are looking at... Um, how does the forest sector compete with other materials, for example? Circularity for us means the forest fibers, the wood fibers, are used more than once. 
they are used and re reused, recycled um, for various purposes. And ideally in the most efficient way, in an effective way, in a well-integrated way at the national level or even between countries. The huge advantage we have with wood um, compared to steel or glass or aluminium you can easily have a recycling of uh, aluminium and steel and make another product. But many people forget that this comes at a very high price. The price will be paid in energy. You need to add a lot of energy in order to close the loop, in order to close the cycle for these products. Whereas in the contrast, if you look at the wood products, it is an ingenious product because wood, once we don't need it anymore, can be either composted or it can be burned in a very proper way so that it is uh, not creating any hazards. And the nature will close the loop for us. So that's when it comes down to recycling paper as well. We know that that's something that we can all do. But what else can we do as individuals, as consumers, to support the circular economy in the forest sector? First of all, we all need to be aware of everything that we consume requires resources. And every one of us should try to minimize his or her own footprint on the materials. So we should reduce the products that we um, consume. And then, of course, we have to recycle them and reuse them. And in the end, also bring them to the kind of final use, be it for biodegradation or for energy generation. When you talk about energy generation, is that really the end of the line? Is that a, a useful way of using forest products? The um, energy generation at the end of the life for wood products is one possible solution. Um, of course, you want to keep the fibers in the products that you have in use as long as you can. So energy use would only be the very last resort to um, use the fiber a last time before they convert into CO2. So CO2 is the food for the plants. This will be taken up by plants by growing with sunlight in the future. You need energy to keep things circulating. Whereas the forest sector is not circulating, the energy is kept. So you don't need to add energy, but it's a spiral. And then you reboot and you recharge and you start again. And, and that's the big difference between wood as material and all the others. And how does the UNECE and FAO forestry and timber section support the circular economy, both on a policy level and on a one-to-one -one consumer level? From the UNECE, we work with our member states. So it is a very high level that we try to influence um, the pattern of how countries, member states, but also industry users and also the private person use um, the raw materials and the natural resources. Um, we, we try with this approach of the circular economy, which, by the way, is already inside the forest sector since long time. We have been managing the forest in the UNEC region for hundreds of years. Um, we, we try to come up with new ideas and how to do things differently so that we can even be more efficient and more um, sustainable in the future. 
So we look at the big picture. We look at um, what is happening in member states. And also we look into what is going on in the innovation. So the people we work with on a daily basis are policymakers. And through our work, we try to inform them about what is going on in the various countries, what are the possibilities, what is the innovation, and how can we initiate change in the in the member states. And we also try to reach out directly to the broader public. So we have videos, we have podcasts, we have other means of communication to um, the broader public to tell them directly what they can do um, in order to reduce the pressure on the forest resource, but also how to reduce plastic waste in case of using um, less plastic but more cellulose-based products, or also how to reduce the emissions of carbon dioxide and other climate-relevant uh, gases. So we work with the governments and we also reach out to the people in these countries in order to make circularity uh, approach a kind of reality. Florian, thank you very much for joining us. You've been listening to One World Zero Waste, the circular economy explained. Please use the hashtag One World Zero Waste to share your thoughts and look out for another episode shortly. And don't forget that March the 21st is the International Day of Forests. This year's theme is forests and sustainable production and consumption. Thank you for listening.